Hello, and welcome to episode 168 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're going pro, baby! Ooh. It's back! <laughs> In some form. The pro Mostly tour the is, same form. The pro tour is back! Yeah. So back on the menu. We are Back gonna, in the saddle again. We are going to talk about the organized play announcement. Yeah, I think we had alluded to it in last week's episode that it was coming, and uh, now we're going to break it down. Yeah. At least parts of it. Parts of it. So yeah. uh, if you've got any thoughts, uh, you can get at us on social media. Just check the uh, description for all that fun stuff. Yeah. Also, if you're looking to support the show, we would appreciate it if you used our TCG Player affiliate link when you're picking up any singles. Uh, just head on over to tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, sign in like usual, do your shopping like you normally would. Just by using that link to get there, you'll help support the show. Anything you purchase, we'll get a percentage of to help keep the show going. And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes, so you uh, kind of get a sneak peek about what the show's about. You get to listen to an extra hour of us rambling every week in the pre-show. Uh, patrons get some extra bonuses here or there. You get put on my mailing list for whenever I feel like sending some swag out. Probably sometime another week or two this month, I'll send some swag out to our patrons. So if you want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Sign up, chip a couple bucks in, you get put on the list. Also, at some point, um, this kind of rolls into the next thing I wanted to talk about, is we're uh, going to start doing tournaments, I think. We've got a test event that we're running this coming Saturday. It's uh, April 9th. It'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're interested, join our Discord. There's a link in the description and with all the social media stuff. Uh, join in there. There's a room for the tournaments. Um, this one I'm keeping private. I didn't open it up to the public, uh, because I kind of want to keep it small and, you know, at least till we have our feet under us, till we figure out what's going on. Uh, I'd like to keep it, you know, just our loyal listeners. Um, it's going to be 60 card standard pauper best of three. Um, probably be just be a couple rounds. Um, I'll send something out to the winner. It's not going to be anything huge, a little swag bag or something. But the reason I brought it up when I was talking about Patreon is because eventually, once we get this thing rolling, I'd like to send out some playmats to the winners. Um, in order to do that, we're probably going to need to charge some sort of entry fee. And I think I'm going to link it to Patreon, um, whether it's, you know, a monthly tournament for like a $5 Patreon and like subscription or whatever, um, just enough to cover the cost of the playmat, you know, if we get eight people or so. And uh, I think we're going to do it that way. But that's a little bit ways down the road after we figure out how to run these things and make sure people are having fun and it's a good event. So it's another reason to sign up for our Patreon, though. So make sure you check that out. Um, and then I mentioned the tournament. And was there anything else about the tournament we had to talk to talk about? I don't know, but if you, if you want an extra Patreon perk... I did discuss the deck I was building. If you go to, if you listen to the pre-shows, you could get oh, some inside information. True. Yeah, I, I, uh, I mentioned what mine was. I don't think I discussed it too much, but I mentioned what it was. Yeah, yeah. So there is, uh, there's some inside information. If you, uh, yeah. if you, if you, uh, if you want to pay, it's if behind, you're looking to take us down, if you're looking to take us down, there is some inside information. 
I built the deck in like 15 minutes. It seems solid. So That's probably great, right? Probably <laughs> couldn't possibly have misbuilt it or anything. It is perfect. Yep. So. Yeah, I can't. Was there anything else about the tournament we had to talk about, or did that pretty much think. cover it? Uh, best of, of three, like I said, standard, uh, standard popper. Any card that is legal on arena or has been printed in standard on arena at common is going to be legal for this tournament. So if you click on, if you go into like the filters and yep. you click common and you click standard, um, those are your choices. There you go. Yep. 60 cards, 15 card sideboard, best of three. Yeah. So that does it. yeah, it should be, it should be good. It should be a format that is uh fresh. Let's say, yeah. Oh, um, we're running it through MTG melee. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's the other part is you have to sign up for an account over there. So it's MTG melee.com, uh, sign up for account and then head on over to our discord and in the tournament section, um, there's a, the details are spelled out there. You can either message me your email or post it up there and I'll, I will add you to the tournament. Like I said, this one I kept private just for us. So, um, eventually, you know, I, I'm not going to mind opening them up to the general public. It's just kind of more exposure for the show, but at least until we figure out how to run these things, I'll, uh, I'll keep them to just us. So it'll yep. be fun. Yep. We are going to figure this all out. Yep. And so we, we, probably need to figure out this tournament stuff because there's organized play again yay yay so they announced the the new organized play system with a lovely pyramid shaped infographic pyramids have no <laughs> negative connotations not it, at all it's not some sort of scheme or anything like it's that it's like an infinite infinite energy device right that's what the pyramids are yes yes if I, if I put an apple inside of it it'll never rot yeah uh so, uh, it's kind of the old system. More or less. With, Actually, it's really similar to the old system. With uh, your with different names. So, yeah. Like, parts of the old system are missing. Yes. But, for the most part, it's, it's the old Pro Tour system. Yes. Um, so, you've got your regional championship qualifiers. These mm -hmm. are... Akin, if you're an old timer, to a PTQ. Um, yeah, I guess it would be like the old PTQs. Well, what was so the system we had last, right? What was the in-store event called? There, well, the system we had last. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it was technically an in-store event, but it wasn't. It was only open to WPN Premium stores, and they were like geo-locked. You could only run so many per region. Okay. But it was like, um, wasn't like, it like... We went to one at Firefly. Yeah, but it was like, and you were like, the in-store event would, like qualified you for the RPTQ. Or the no, R so the, the last system we had didn't have RPTQs. Okay. I was thinking, the system I was thinking of was the one where the in-store qualified you for an RPTQ. Then yeah, the RP that's the old, old system. Yeah, okay. So yep. this has in-store event, which... You can have, they say like, is it like three a season at your store or like just one no, a I season? Think, I think it, yeah, I think you're allowed one per season and a season I don't believe is per pro tour. Like I think the season is for the whole year. 
So like a single local store couldn't run an, an event for each pro tour during the year. You can only run one. Well, that seems not great, but. Well, right. I mean, it gives like the stores a chance to like stagger them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like work with your other local stores and not run them all for the same pro tour gives everybody a chance. I think I'm pretty sure that's what I had read. So anyway, there is. So if you win your store event, Mm -hmm. that qualifies you for the regional championship, Mm -hmm. the regional championship. There are three of these a year. Yep. One for each pro tour, one for each pro tour per region. Hmm. Per, per region. region. Per region. Yep. And these roughly seem like they are similar to GPs in what they yeah. hope the size to be. Yep. They're um so they're not gonna be just like the qualifiers aren't run by wizards, they're run by like your LGS. The championships are not going to be run by wizards either. They're gonna be run by a different tournament organizer for each region. Um, in the U.S., it's DreamHack is going to be running all of ours. Yes. Um, but so, like I said, it's different for every region. So I know so, we got some listeners like in the U.K. and in Canada. And I'm not sure who's running all your events, but yeah. it'll be somebody different. Uh, Canada is face-to-face games. Okay. And like they're good and big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that they were like, okay, Europe, fine. Middle East, Okay, there's some countries that are Middle Eastern that are technically in the European Union. Fine. The entire continent of Africa. <laughs> One region. One yeah. region. Well, I mean, not a, to be fair, I don't know how many Magic players we have in Africa. Fair, but just like geographically speaking. Yeah. It's like, oh. Large area. Huge. One company. Thank you. You guys yep. got this, right? We, we do. Yep. We do. Excellent. Uh, so we talked about this in the pre-show. DreamHack is more aligned with like typically like more electronic games. God, I sounded like a thousand years old right there. Uh, <laughs> more video, like video games. Uh, they like Hearthstone, Shadowverse, fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. did do some arena events uh, pre-pandemic. Okay. So they have not done as much. They haven't really done a lot of paper magic, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't know anything about them. Um, I knew that there was a link to whatever their like tournament website was that came out in the article last week, um, mm-hmm. but I hadn't even clicked on it until we were in our pre-show just now. And apparently somewhere... Um, they have a um they had a map jerry found it of what their shows are going to look like going forward oh really uh like the the layout of um of like how much floor space they're giving to these oh but like we have like they already got the like the dreamhack magic showdowns are going to have stuff so these are the regional championships and like so mm-hmm. they have like fun and casual events, artist alley, community focused vendors, twenty K open events, command zone. Hmm. Uh so this very much is uh what's it called? Big um, GP. GP kind of thing. Yep. 
So that's the regional championship. And then they have the prize structure. Um, and the thing to note is the regionals, the Pro Tour invites go down to 32. Mm-hmm. Always. But in the first year, they go down to 48. Because they're trying wow. to, like, fill the Pro Tours up. Yeah. So, um, we were talking about perhaps attending the first DreamHack event. It might be, it might behoove us to qualify for the regional championship. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, see who's running events by us. I don't, I don't know that our LGS is even interested. I forwarded some information and I don't think anybody read it. So, yeah. But, um, I mean, top, like you finished top 50, right? In that sealed event? Oh, yeah. Well, I think I came in 30th. Yeah. So, like, you would have qualified in this yep. system. Yep. So, like, we could run hot. Sure. So, there we go. Um, And then from the regional championship, I know we kind of, like, detoured there. But from, so you you qualified somewhere. You qualified at a, cha- uh, uh, a regional championship qualifier at an LGS. Yep. Then... You have the regional championship, and then mm-hmm. you have your uh, the pro tours. Yep. So, uh, and then at the very pinnacle, you have the world championship, which you have to finish in the top two of a U.S. region. The mm-hmm. depending on how big your region is uh, determines how many spots there are in that regional championship for pro tour invites and world in- worlds invites. Gotcha. So if you're in a smaller region, there mm-hmm. are less invites given out. I do. You believe. can qualify for worlds from the championships also, not just the pro tour, right? Yes. Yeah, so if we were to go to Atlanta and you were to finish second, you would qualify mm-hmm. for worlds. Yep. Right behind That's me cool. finishing first, which we, so we'd go to team to worlds. <laughs> Think of how many listeners we get on the podcast. I think we'd have to change the name of the show. We'd have to, to just like, (laughs) we're good. We did it. The we did it podcast. Yeah. Um, Right. And, but then you can also qualify from world for worlds from the pro tour, but worlds Mm -hmm. used to be like 32 players. Right. Yeah. And I think they said this is going to be like 128. Yeah. So it's going to be a bigger field. Yep. Um, so this does have the feel of the old um of one of the old systems where it's like I play a tournament to plan another tournament to get to the pro tour. Mm-hmm. But while the regional championships are bigger than the old RPTQ uh the old yeah the yeah. old PTs way maybe. way way bigger. Yeah, cuz it used to be You'd win your store level event, yep. right? And then that would get you to a tournament that, depending on like what region you were in, mm-hmm. um, they would, um, they could be anywhere from like two hundred people to like forty people. For an RPTQ, you mean? Yes. So the couple that I played in were in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I think they were both in Raleigh, which should be, I would think, a, like the East Coast, like Mid-Atlantic region, whatever, 
Um, like there's a whole bunch of magic players here, probably a higher concentration than most places. Mm-hmm. I would think those would be some of the largest. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure both of them were 64 players. Okay. There, I know there was talk of some really big ones. I mean, and, there might've been. And then there were um, also people that would like go to like, would fly to the Utah regional. Where because, there's none. Cause there was like hardly anyone. Yeah. The uh, the first RPTQ I played in was a team event, so there was obviously more yeah. more players there. Uh, but I think it was sixty four teams. Okay. And the uh, the single player one that I played on was sixty four players. Okay. So. I thought that like Logan went to one that was like eighty or something, but whatever. These are gonna be mm, maybe. I know. I mean, that was like... the same one that I went to okay. with the Noble Hierarch promo, and I'm pretty sure it was sixty four players. But these are going to be closer to seemingly like GP sized. So, yeah, like well, f- five, six hundred. Yeah. But, you know, so it's not an open event like a GP. So you have to qualify to get to it. Hopefully, the Friday before the GP or before the regional championships, hopefully they have some last chance qualifiers. I'd imagine they would. Right. But, um, the fact that they go down to like 32 mm-hmm. is probably good. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like it would be awful if it was just top eight, like it used to be for a GP. Right. So, and then, you know, pro tour is the pro tour. It seems like yep. we're getting coverage for all of these things, which is good. Uh, the pro tours we're getting coverage for and worlds we're getting coverage for. Um, they mentioned on the stream that anything below the pro tour is up to the TO. Gotcha. So coverage would be up to DreamHack. Um, prize support is up to DreamHack. They wizards doesn't have a hand in anything below the pro tour. Gotcha. It's all farmed out to whatever, uh, tournament organizers taking control of your region. Gotcha. So they kind of rebuilt the train Mm -hmm. so the train used to be like you would get so many wins in one pro tour which would cue you to the next pro tour and so you could kind of keep uh chaining together the pro tours so they Mm -hmm. have like 10 wins. there's two different ways to do it yeah so the first is the less complicated yeah get 10 wins at a pt and Mm -hmm. you get an invite to your next pt congratulations you did it automatically and then what's the other more complicated way i took the easy one yeah um i wasn't even going to cover the other one because it probably doesn't relate to any of our listeners including us and if it does relate to you i'm sure you already know how it works anyway okay there there's like a rolling points total with some maths involved that to get... like count your previous finishes at pro tours or something so it's you have of your last three Pro Tours, I think they count only two of them, and they subtract your first three wins out. And then if you get to 39 match points across your the your two best Pro Tours out of your last three, you get an invite to the next one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's a little... Uh, eh. Yeah, so. it, like to be honest, I other than being excited for coverage of high level magic, 
and, you know, something to look forward to, a reason to be competitive, like an aspiration. Um, like I, I highly doubt I will ever qualify for worlds. And I mean, there's an off chance that like you or I might get on the pro tour, but realistically, I'm just excited for the regional qualifiers and the regional championships. Like I'm, I'm pretty stoked for them to come back. Uh, again, hot as the sun, it can happen. I mean, it, it could happen, but. So you have something I'm learning stuff in the show notes, which is always good. Um, okay. This Hall of Famers are invited to regionals? Yeah, the they're... regional championships. They still have to qualify for the Pro Tour, but they have an open invite to regional championships. Do not like. Yeah. I feel like they should just go to the Pro Tour. I yeah. think that what's going to happen is you're going to either you're going to have people that should be in the hall of famers are going to miss the pro tour or they're going to be like let's say lsv who might be of the mindset of like i can do the pro tour three times a year because i want to qualify for worlds but what i can't do is have to qualify for the pro tour now granted in theory he would qualify for his first pro tour bang out 10 points or 10 yeah. wins and qualify for his next one and just like have to avoid the regionals going forward. Mm-hmm. But like he's definitely had some stinker pro tours. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean doing it this way gets personalities like out and about and mingling with the public though, which I think fair. is kind of the point because fair. there aren't GPs anymore. Like you used to go to a GP and be like, Oh, there's LSV or Oh, there's Reed Duke. Like if there's no reason for them to play because they just auto qualify for every pro tour. Yeah, I guess, and also like semi selfishly, uh, right? Like at least at, at the beginning, those are those are taking spots from people that would have otherwise qualified, mm-hmm. right? Could you imagine, you know, how bummed someone would be if they finished forty ninth? Right. With like Reed Duke, LSV, and John Finkel in front of them. Yeah. They'd be like, oh man, like, you know, if they were already pre qualified. Because, you know, if you if Reed Duke top aided a GP, his invite would kind of cascade down to someone else. Mm-hmm. But in this, in this way, like, it's not going to. So at least those first few, there's maybe some people that are bummed. But mm-hmm. I guess you can't avoid that. But I just yeah. kind of feel like they should be, like they should just get to show up to the pro tour. But I I see your point of like you're not gonna have the, um, people, uh, like you're not gonna have Martin Yuza going to 45 GPs in a year, right? Right, because there just aren't them. So like if this makes them go to the GP level event. Yeah, right. there's um there's kind of another part of this that I didn't put in the show notes, but we can kind of touch on. It was something that you mentioned when I was talking to you about this, like in our in our mm-hmm. little private chat there. And you had mentioned that there's no like appearance fees or anything like that anymore yeah. or travel stipends. Um, that's not 100% true. Okay. Because I believe they said every pro tour pays out. Like every place that a pro tour plays out. Mm-hmm. Well, what I so what which I which is kind of an appearance fee. I, I mean, I, I know what you meant, but so, like 
there being a prize for everybody that makes it to the pro tour um, is kind of an appearance. It is. It is. I meant more along the lines of not that it was like a super enjoyable life or an easy Mm -hmm. life, but like uh, when you would read the old articles about like um, the life and times of Reed Duke, right? Mm -hmm. And he would like uh, leave, like, he would leave his house on like a Thursday or a Friday, show up to a tournament because he got $500 or $600 of an appearance fee or something or whatever mm-hmm. it was, right? Play the event, go home, and then do the same thing the next week, right? So he mm-hmm. could like string together a meager existence, but an existence on I can just show up to these events, right? And like Wizards is going to pay me to show up. Because I am a platinum level pro. Mm-hmm. And as a platinum level pro, they're going to give me so much money to go to um, the uh, to the pro tour. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that's gone. So that's what yeah. I mean. Like, I feel like they rebuilt the system for you and me. Yes, for sure. But they kind of tore down the system. So that they could say, we don't have a system to get rid of the pro player, the, the pro club. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know you said that they like they rebuilt it for you and me. So it, it might be kind of selfish to say this because they did. Um, but like, I think I'm fine with that. I, I think so as well. Like it is, it negatively impacts the top. 64 best magic players in the world mm-hmm. right and of them if you guys are honest with yourselves you can name 20 yeah right so like it really it hurts those players that don't have the big name recognition mm-hmm. that like can't parlay their magic success into like streaming income right right uh, so they can't like the, the and they can't write articles anymore. So yeah, the pro the pro magic lifestyle, which was you know tough, and wizards really didn't want to support. They tried to support it with the MPL and realized that wasn't like economically feasible. Yeah, no, that was a dumpster fire. So I feel like they took the, a lot of the money that was in the MPL and in appearance fees and all of these things and shifted it to prize money. So, mm-hmm. right, like you only really get you paid based on results, yeah. which makes it so you or I can like we'll pay our bills. And if we were to win an event, we would like have extra money. Right. But if you're Buy just, a new deck. Yeah. But if you're just trying to like be a magic pro and pay your bills off of magic, it's like way too high variance. Mm hmm. And like I said, I I think that's probably fine and maybe for the best, Um, especially, I I mean, I don't know how far, how far down this rabbit hole you want to go, but one of the main gripes that we've had with magic lately is that like all of the metagames get solved instantly. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the pros, you know, everybody is incentivized to write articles, break the meta, whatever. And if there's, it, you know, obviously this brings some reason to break the meta, but if some of that uh, 
if that lifestyle is gone where you're like you said, you know, making 500 bucks showing up to event every weekend and then supplementing your income with a little bit of streaming, you know, two, three nights a week and maybe writing an article and like, that's how you pay your bills. Like that doesn't happen anymore, but all of those things, that person that shows up every weekend and, you know, gets paid to be there and break the meta and then gets paid to write articles on breaking the meta and then also gets paid through exposure on your stream, breaking the meta like a lot of that incentive isn't there anymore. So maybe maybe it kind of slows that down a little bit. I think it might not slow it down, but what I think it's going to do is it's going to reintroduce churn, mm-hmm. right? The well, I mean, realistically, that's all that we need is yeah. the churn back. And I think we've said that on the show before, too. Yeah, so it's going to, like, because now if it's just like a race to get up the ladder... It's most of the time it's what is the best deck to ladder with. Yeah. Right. And there's no huge incentive to figure out what the counter to black, white control is when you can just play black, white control. Right. Right. Enjoy your 57% win rate or whatever. And yeah, or higher and then just like move on and you've made it to mythic, whatever, who cares right now? Like, if, you know, there's going to be the articles of, like, if I was playing a regional championship qualifier this weekend, this is what I would play and why. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are going to come back. This also is going to open up the, the door to, you know, I wish, you're gonna, I wish I was better at computers so I gotta get on the, got it on the ground floor. But the idea of, like, there's going to be a market for, like, a... Uh, um, for articles again, right? Yeah. This is where, you know, all those Firestar City artic- uh, people mm-hmm. just need to, like, go to arenadecklist.gg and start, like, writing articles mm-hmm. for, like, ad revenue and clicks and, like, things like that and just, like, pay themselves directly and not let Star City skim it off the top. Right. Right? And just, like, come together and be like, yeah, we're banging out articles because now there's going to be a metagame every week. There's going to be, mm-hmm. like, a best deck, and there's going to be cards that we need to change. Yep. And so, so that's all going to come back, I think. Yeah. There's also, this is kind of only half of the announcement because sometime later in April, we're also going to get a digital, like, organized play announcement uh, concerning Magic Online and Arena. And I believe they already said that there's going to be a path into this through the ladder, but also outside of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was, was it the um, the economy stream? They mentioned something about like the events. The, yeah, like the challenge events or whatever. Yeah. No, um, they're def- going to play a bigger role. They definitely talked about um, doing uh having arena fill in. And so like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very much a system where if you look at the pyramid, there's going to be arena uh, feeding in, feeding you into like, I think both the regional championships and maybe even just directly the pro tour. Right. So you're going to be able to fill in, but I mean, it it might feed into worlds too. Mm -hmm. But if there's some giant crossover event, whatever. But what they're leaning into is that, hey, you qualified through Arena, you've got to play Paper Magic. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you got to know how to shuffle your cards and you got to, like, remember your triggers. Like, you have to, like, they're funneling everything back to paper. So oh, after. Poor croakies. He, he, tweeted, <laughs> he tweeted, like, I got to learn how to shuffle a deck. Um, but where for the last few years, right, um, partly partly through necessity and partly through, like, desire, they were trying to funnel everything digital. Mm-hmm. And now they've realized that they need to go back to paper. Mm-hmm. And I would be, like, if, if you were going to tell me that hey, we're going to do these events, but, you know, uh, one of them each year is going to be, like, an arena-only event. I'd be okay with that if we got, like, two paper events. But they just were like, no, we're going to just do all paper. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think part of it is that because Magic isn't any sport. (laughs) It it doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah, how do I want to say this? It's not that Magic's not an esport, right? It very well could be. I I have no problem with the concept of Magic as an esport. The way they tried to get it to be an esport was very much bad, right? Yeah. They like kind of like shot themselves in the foot with the whole like esports thing. Mm-hmm. But like they definitely could like make it an esport. But with Arena's limitations of standard and historic and i guess no alchemy um right like you just it was too easy to get tired of of these things yeah you know what i mean like you can only watch like standard for so long and like the events were like all standard so like i know limited does not um have as uh good viewership as constructed but at Mm -hmm. least like you got three rounds of limited or six rounds of limited as opposed to here are like 15 rounds of like soul crushing uh goldspan dragon mirrors yeah and it's just like oh my gosh like can we break this up with anything else (laughs) no or like oh it's alchemy in historic and it's like oh so it's like the same stupid cards from Alchemy, but just with like some random, slightly older cards around them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it just, they didn't feel different enough. Yeah. Right. And I think people write this up like Arena's kind of like sanitized in that like you don't have like, you know, the person that has like the crunchy old card or, you know, the quadruple sleeved taking turns deck. Yeah, or completely like, foiled. Yeah, or like whatever, right? Yeah. Whatever like personality you would get from like someone playing their yeah. their deck. Like you don't get the, you know, the, oh, that man. makes your worst coverage. Yeah, the, you know, even like me, like, oh, uh, well, Depths is no longer all foil, but like, oh, everything's old border. Like this person yeah. like made a decision. They were, This was how they're going to make their deck, right? Yeah. And, like, talking about that or, like, you know, whatever weird ticks people play with. Like, also kind of on the same note, I think one of the things that bothered me so much in, you know, this might be, like, old man yelling at the clouds boomer talk or whatever, but one of the things that bothered me about watching some of the event coverage that was done on Arena, like, through the pandemic, 
was, you know, butt farm 69 is playing against, you know, whatever. Like it's really hard to like connect somebody to a person. You know what I mean? I would have given any amount of money (laughs) for Marshall to have to say, butt fart 69, uh, gets into the red zone. (laughs) You know what I mean though? Like lays at 420 doesn't block. Oh, the pump spell from bump from from butt fart. Ah, (laughs) it would have been great. Okay, I think you should take it back. That is a hundred percent a pro, a pro. If they had to go with whatever their gamer tag was. Okay, so maybe maybe that was a bad example saying butt farm sixty nine. But like, you know what I mean, though. No, it's hard to equate like. I know who Reed Duke is. I know who LSV is. And like, realistically, I know what their like tag is anyway, but yeah. like some of, like you had mentioned earlier, some of the lesser known players that kind of slip through the cr- cracks, even though they might be, you know, top 64 in the world, you might not know their name. Like when they're not there and also aren't displaying their name on the screen, like it kind of like disassociates you from what's happening. And like, like, oh, this is just random guy with random gamer tag playing some magic. Like. Yeah, or like just the uh, the fact that like you know you can only see so much from like face cam. Yeah, right. They you know you didn't get the shuffling of cards or like mm-hmm. the, the you know the the pump fake tap untap kind of thing. Right, it was all just a little bit more like just you know. It took the personality out of it. Yeah. So I do think that some of this, like getting rid of the pro player club and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, I've talked about this before. I think Wizards is even more so perhaps, depends on how they do their coverage, leaning into the like NFL model of like you're rooting for magic cards as opposed could, to like the, very well be. the NBA slash like Star City model of like, yeah we're building up personalities. Yeah. Right. Now they could very much do their pro tour coverage where it's like all about someone. Right. But just the, like, um, like it just very much feels like it's all about the magic cards, right? Worlds Mm -hmm. being 128 players instead of 32. It's like way harder to build narratives. Yeah. Right. So, I just feel like it's very much like they're leaning more into this to be like promotional mm-hmm. perhaps as opposed to like a sport, a sport. Yeah. Or like yeah. brand build. They want to build the magic brand, not so much the brand of players, which is wow, fine. Like it's their advertising. Kind of weird for them to be, you know, delving into other IPs yet at the same time be focused on, building the magic brand yeah true but like through this it just seems like they don't want yeah. to no i know what you mean and it, really that doesn't have anything to do with what you were saying but yeah it was just what popped into my head when you said that um so and like i guess all of that kind of depends on what your local tournament organizer does for coverage also um mm-hmm. like wizards isn't requiring them to do coverage for anything like that they're running at the championship or qualifier level, but like that's up to whatever the tournament organizer is. Um, like I guess DreamHack has done some coverage of their events, right? Mm-hmm. 
So there's nothing to say that they're not going to do coverage. Wizards didn't tell them not to do coverage. They're just not paying for coverage, I guess. Yeah. Which, you know, it's one of those things like if you already have the infrastructure, right? right. Which they would if they're running, you know, all of these esport events. Exactly. You already have the infrastructure. You already have the semi full of stuff. Mm hmm. To add a couple more cameras and some more stuff, mm -hmm. like, isn't that big of a deal? Now, paying the people yeah. to actually do this stuff, like, that is a cost. But presumably, they at least think that they're going to be able to turn a profit. Mm -hmm. And it might be that, like, you know, every time we went to an event, we left and we were like, how do they not make money hands over fist, right? Or why aren't they doing more of these? It seems like they should be making a ton of money. Like, maybe magic by itself is not uh, economically viable for, like, big events like this. Mm -hmm. But if you've got, like, all of the Street Fighter players in that area coming to the convention center and all of the Dota 2 players yeah. and and then all of the Magic players... Right mm -hmm. now you've read of this big convention hall. Maybe you filled it up enough. Yeah. And it sounds like dream hacks. There are tickets to dream hacks. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know how this works. I don't know if it's like a convention where you pay an entry fee and then you pay like for every thing that you do. Or if some number of like entry tickets are baked into the cost of like a convention ticket. I, I really don't know how it works. Oh, I've uh, never, so never done anything relating to DreamHack. Neither so. have I. So remember how uh, I said, I hope there's last chance qualifiers? Yeah. Friday at the DreamHack, last chance qualifiers. Nice. Sunday at DreamHack, qualifiers for the next regional championship. Oh, cool. So they're getting you on the front end and the back end. Yep. Um. So one more, like while we're talking about the like championship level events, in our case, the DreamHack events, um, these, I want to like, I want to make a couple different points here. Um, the first one is these are like, there's no Grand Prix anymore. So there's not a Grand Prix every weekend, you know, in our case, all over the United States, like realistically, there's going to be one probably within driving distance of you that you could go to at some point during the year. Uh, that's not what these are. There will be three of these per year. Chances are you're going to have to travel to them. Like it, it's going to be a thing to get to one. Second part of that is if there's, you, you said two 10 Ks and two 10 Ks, the main event and last chance qualifiers and first chance qualifiers mm -hmm. and command fests and whatever other events i'm sure that there's like just regular side events there as well um like these things are going to be massive yeah so are they like is dreamhack going to be equipped to you know handle like what was the biggest grand prix that we went to like 2600 players in the main event i think that was the vegas one you went to or is that the no charlotte one I think that Charlotte was the Charlotte thing. one. Yeah, the Charlotte one was huge. Yeah. Um, like, that was just in the main event, and that wasn't even count. The, the Vegas one was way bigger. 
Um, but that wasn't even counting all the people there just for side events or just for the vendors or just for the cosplayers or whatever else was going on. Um, if you're running, you know, multiple really high level events and less of them per year, you know, are 8,000 people going to show up to this thing? Are 10,000 people going to show up to this thing on top of like all of the other games that they're playing? I know when I was kind of browsing the website for this one and found this uh, DreamHack Atlanta, it is in the bigger convention center. It's in the World Congress Center, but like how much of that center do they have to rent out? You know what I mean? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a sense here. Uh, I don't know about that, but so I'm looking at ticket prices. So yeah. they ha- so the t- we have to tickets go on sale in May. Oh, okay. So like next month. Yep. So, so there's a a festival pass, which is tw- uh, twenty four hours, three day access, but they, they don't have the prices. Um, yeah. So there's a festival pass, a day pass, um, and then the festival premium. Which is access to the premium registration line. This does not include security line. Everyone goes through that. Uh, a seventy-five dollar voucher code for merch at the festival, and a Ooh. badge instead of a wristband. Ticket price includes taxes and fees, and will be added during checkout. But it does not say what they are. But to like let you know kind of how different this is, they have a bring your own computer events. Hmm. <laughs> So, like, you can bring your own computer uh, to the event. And, like, the cosplay thing, it looks like there's a giant stage. And they uh, have people up on the stage in cosplay. Not, like, just, you know, you know, Sprankle walking around getting harassed. Right. Right. But, yeah, so I'm looking at, like, images from previous DreamHack festivals with people with, like, their computers and, like large rooms with like giant TVs or yeah. giant screens, like projecting games. Like this is going to be a very different vibe. Yeah. Then, well, I mean, I was kind of expecting the vibe to be different because you're, you're kind of, you're blending a whole bunch of like different nerd cultures all into one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was expecting it to be different, but I guess what I hadn't really like processed is how like gigantic this thing's going to be. Yeah, I think that it's going to be, there might just be a, um, a, like, magic, like, magic's going to be in a corner. You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if just magic in a corner is big enough, though. But what what I mean is, as opposed to, like, GPs and Magic Fest, where it was like, this is the main thing you're here for, right? Yeah. It seems like you could play a magic event and then go get distracted and watch people play like pro level Street Fighter for three hours. And miss your next round. And miss your next <laughs> round. And like wander back over, right? Yeah. But so it's gonna just have different stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I wish they would tell me how much the tickets were. So I Is knew- there any um like attendance information? In terms of to like, like see how many people like normally show up to one of these. Uh, not that I've seen. I'm just on the Atlanta site. I know that they're saying that they are working on like uh, putting in uh, 
they're evaluating ticket caps for certain days and areas and entrance and entrance for social distance distancing. Yeah. Uh, and apparently you have to go through safe, uh, uh, a security check line. Yeah. Which, uh, they might take our snacks. Oh man. It might be like the Bergen event center and they just steal our snacks. Uh, so yeah, I wish I knew how much the tickets were. Uh, see here let's look up an average size of a dream hack oh, uh, i haven't have found any 2019 uh attendance information uh, of course not uh does not uh, yeah i haven't found anything that gives uh like an approximation yeah uh Oh, this has apparently been going on for like this company's been around for twenty eight years. I'd only heard of them like once or twice. Yeah, it's completely new to me. Okay, well, DreamHack events are arranged with the help of about eight hundred volunteers. So that's volunteers, way more than huh? the judges we have. <laughs> yeah, but if they're volunteers, they're not. I guess the judges weren't getting paid either. But yeah, they're just they're just handing them like random merch. Uh, yeah, here's a new keyboard and some glow sticks. Oh, go here have we fun. Go. The last dream hack before COVID-19 dream hack Anaheim 2020. This is the one uh, where like teamer, uh, uh, whatever adventures came from. Yeah. Had, uh, had 15,000 people attend it. Yeah. And dream hack events total had 350,000 people in 2019. <clears throat> wow. So like, are there 15,000 people that come to like a GP? No. Well, right. But I mean, what we saw at a GP's was when there was one, like multiples a weekend sometimes. Fair. If there's three a year, how many people are going to show up? True. I mean, there's also like, you know, I don't know how because people don't, uh, uh, what's it called? people who aren't are just going to show up to like not play in the main event. And I know mm -hmm. that had definitely changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like if you get 5,000 magic people on top of your normal 15,000 people. Right. That you would expect to see at DreamHack Anaheim, which Anaheim's in a much more populated area than Atlanta is. Sorry, Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, you know, if they got twenty, fifteen to twenty thousand people, you know, and they're charging a hundred bucks a head for a ticket or whatever, yeah, like okay, yeah, sweet, like you did it, uh, like they they will make some money. Well, I mean, I meant like more for space constraints. Yeah, I guess I don't know how big uh, the like if you're running, you know, all of these other events, and you know, you're just expecting you know, however many people qualify for the championships plus, you know, maybe a couple hundred for each of your 10 Ks or whatever. And okay, know, there ends go. up being 8,000 people because you're the only thing that's going to happen for an entire year in the Southeast. Go to the dream hack Dallas, um, site. They have the map of what they're going to have at that. Okay. 
Um, and magic is off in its own little world. Like, oh, really? It is the main stage. So you, I'm assuming you come in, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. You come in. There's a food court. Yeah. So they're taking our snacks. Yeah. There's the Intel booth. There's an expo. Yeah. Uh, and a creator hub on one side. Then the other side has CSGO, Rocket League, and some stuff, uh, Smash and other things, right? Yeah. And then there is the magic area, which is smaller than all those areas. And then yeah, a, by a lot. Then a free play area. Uh, so magic at DreamHack Dallas is all things related to tabletop. Okay. And then behind that is the bring your own computer area. Hmm. Which I don't know how much i have to like my computer to uh <laughs> to it around with you to bring it with me but here we go all right uh oh wow okay so a festival pass in dallas mm-hmm. during the main wave which saves up to 20 percent, is 94 dollars. well i mean that's the same price the gp was that gets you in the door that doesn't get you registered for any events. Oh. So I'm assuming they make you pay to enter the events. Right? Hmm. So it's $94 to go in, but if then if you're going to play a 10K, they're going to charge you 30 bucks. Yeah. Or whatever, right? So it's $94 to get in the door. Or if you get the premium pass, uh, whatever for the premium registration line is in a voucher for uh, merch at the festival, ESL and DreamHack merch store, and you get a badge uh, and apparently some special entrance. That was $194. Okay. Right. And like, you know, if you, uh, if you want to bring your own computer to play arena on, uh, that's uh, if you want to go ultra, it's 550 bucks. If you just want to bring your own computer and chill with like the like, you know, not even the premium, uh, just the regular is 130, then the premium is 295. Hmm. Uh, so. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is. It is wild. I couldn't imagine lucking my computer to a convention hall and then paying $550 for the pleasure of plugging <laughs> it in. Down. It's like, yeah. can I just invite these nerds to my apartment and just save, <laughs> like, save uh, rent for the week? Well, I mean, month? we have this whole internet thing. You could probably just stay home and play with the same nerds. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but... I, I guess we'll find out. And I guess, like, nothing in here says how much the events are going to cost either, right? Uh, I did not see that in the so i just jumped to the let's see uh cosplay creator artist esports expo tabletop apply today uh so we have invited artists rk post of course, of course he's, he's gonna, gonna be, there. be there yeah he's never stayed home a day in his life mm-hmm. uh okay i'm done dana fisher the little girl who plays elves yeah. <laughs> is an invited influencer. Her and Cedric are the invited influencers. 
Oh man, we could have we could sign we could be an influence. We could oh, sign. We up could we could sign up. Yeah. Uh, they do not say how much stuff is. Yeah, I and wonder. The vendors. I wonder. Like, I wonder. Are they gonna like? They might not even have carbs. Yeah, I don't know what MTG Pro Shop is. Neither do I. I know what Coalesce Apparel is. Yeah. They didn't I don't have know what, what they wanted, Dragon so they made their own. I, I, that I know for a <laughs> thanks, fact. Thanks, Cedric. Thank you. Thanks, Cedric. Or Laughing Dragon. like. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. So we could be in a new world of, like, if you want cards, you're just going to have to use our affiliate link at tcg.chasdletryhardmtg. Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't even them, think about that. To get them in advance, because if you wait, I don't know if they're going to have vendors. Yeah. Right? Like, Moose Loot is not on here. No, definitely not. I mean, Moose Loot might not exist anymore. They might not. Um, but, like, yeah, you. this might be a time for, like, you, this might definitely be the, like, you need to settle on your deck, like, two weeks early. Or, mm-hmm. like, be honed in on a version of the deck. Yeah. And then... Uh, Bring a 75-card extended sideboard. Yes, bring a big box yeah. um, to make sure you've got that covered because yeah. uh, you don't want to be driving around the greater Atlanta metro area uh, Friday night looking for cards. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like, where are the stores at? Oh, my God, they're five hours apart. I've got to go to all of them. Right. Yeah, I, mean, there's, I don't think there's any near the World Congress Center. They're all... Like north of Atlanta. Yeah. So there's, so at DreamHack uh, Dallas, there is a, a $10,000 open tournament, the Command Zone. Okay. There is a tournament voucher with badge purchase. That's good to know. Okay. All types of commander events featuring stuff. Hourly casual tournaments, eight person events all day. Oh, uh, so it sounds just like a GP. There's, you know, on demand, whatever's mm-hmm. and. There's a prize wall, there's artists, there's vendors. But again, their list of vendors like does not look like our normal list of Oh, and it broadcasts top 8. Oh. Or yes, yeah, it's broadcast top 8. So I don't know if that's in the open tournament that they broadcast the top 8. Maybe. And then they have mini games and D&D signups. Hmm. So, this is a uh uh so this is interesting. Yeah. But they they do have pictures of, I don't know, with this, oh. Or there was someone who had a big stack of cards, but these aren't magic cards in, like, one of their pictures. I was like, that looks like someone buying and selling cards. But I, I take it back in, my, in the weird picture. So it would be a different thing for sure. So I guess I'm a little excited. This ve- veered from, like, OP to, like, the travel pod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, it kind of shows like how much we miss going to GPs. Yeah. Um, so someone, this came up in Discord and it got mentioned before. Mm-hmm. These first events are going to, these first tournaments are going to be like have Pioneer in them. So yeah. You mentioned in Discord. Um, yeah. You, it might be a little late when this podcast comes out, but if there are some uh, Pioneer staples... Mm-hmm. that you want uh now is the time yes for sure right you like don't... pioneer it never really got a chance to shine mm-hmm. like it was in its infancy with weekly bannings to try and get the format settled out 
and then we had i think two events and then a pro tour and then the world ended yes so nobody like pioneer never really had the spotlight shown on it it never had a chance to bloom um it never really had a chance for people to get interested and on top of that um uh, when the world ended um like the way people were engaging with their magic sealed product and singles changed. So I don't know how many, like especially of the staples that have been printed in the last two years or what are going to become staples. Like, I don't know how much of that stuff is actually in people's collections. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how many boxes of, um, I don't know, like Zendikar did you open? I've not opened a box of magic cards since, uh Ikoria. Right. How many like including drafts and you know pre-release and sealed and stuff, how many boxes of I don't know. Um let's say Theros. Right, that's sure. How many set. boxes of Theros did you open? Uh probably five. Yeah. Because I probably I probably bought two boxes did like four sealed so that's almost a box probably one a box yeah worth of pride support from those sealeds and then random drafts and then random drafts yeah probably four to five boxes yeah so and you know i'm not saying that you're typical for every magic player out there um i know like my habits were roughly the same and currently are roughly the same I think I've opened a little bit more sealed product than you have through the pandemic, but like how many, how many other people are in the same boat where, you know, you tried to grow your collection or maintain a collection or whatever while nobody was playing magic. And now all of a sudden we've got a whole round of tournaments that are pioneer that like nobody has the cardboard for. Yeah. I mean the, Um, and like just buying singles, sometimes you miss, like I missed, uh, I, I still have my questions on whether if Fable of the Mirror Breaker is going to be playable in six months, but mm-hmm. it's playable right now and it's getting yeah, played in six modern. Bucks a piece. Yeah, and like they were like a dollar, and then yep. in the last like week or two, it's like oh these are good and they're they're going up and up and up. Yep. So, you know, there's gonna be more stuff like that where it's gonna be like oh, I guess this is like a ten dollar card now. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't know how much Hallbreaker horrors are. Right, but oh, there I are, have no idea. There are uh, what, Meat Hook Massacre. Do you know $70. how much Meat Hook Massacre? Yeah. It is, uh, I think Saffron Allah tweeted, it is the most expensive standard card since Jace Friends Prodigy. JVP, yeah. Um, right, like... But yeah, cards like that. Like, if you're, if you're not already baked in... Um, and you're interested in playing in some of these competitive events or just like pioneer in general, it's about to have a giant spotlight shown on it. So you might want to pick up some of those staples before they get absurdly expensive. Or the other thing to think about is like, is there like a deck that you enjoy this in that like tier two to tier like 1.5 or like even tier one, like, this might be the time if you've been on the fence about, like, oh, should I get it? Is there going to be a reason for me to have a Pioneer yeah. deck? This is probably the time to just go, like, you know what? I'm going to get it because there's going to be Pioneer happening for the next, you know, six months to a year for sure. They're going to be yeah. doing this. because. So, 
No, go ahead. Because, like, this is a format that, you know, the Wizards kind of forgot because it's not on Arena. um, That they made because, you know, sadly, they think they can monetize it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, they can put out, like, a Pioneer, like, Challenger deck or four every year Mm -hmm. going forward. And so... You know, there's just no reason, like, no reason for them not to grow this format. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we have a ton more to talk about this episode. I think we're starting to wrap it up. We've talked about most of what I wanted to talk about, um, but we are talking about Pioneer right now. So I think now might be a decent time to talk about formats in general. Okay. Um, I believe I know they said that there's going to be. Uh, Pioneer, Standard, and Modern. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're just doing like seasons. Like if we're going to have a Pioneer, like we're doing three Pro Tours a year and three uh, championships a year. I don't know if like they're going to match up where the championship is Pioneer, the Pro Tour is also Pioneer, or if the championship is Modern, if the Pro Tour is also going to be Modern. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the case. Um so we might end up going back to like the old system where we had seasons, like you knew all of the spring GPs or whatever, were going to be modern. You knew all of the fall events were going to be standard or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if we're going back to something like that, where there's a focus put on like a specific format per part of year. Um, two things to note. There are no limited uh, championships or pro tours. There's going although, to be limited included in this first one, right? Uh, well, all all of the pro tours are going to have limited included in them, but there's not going to be a specific limited pro tour. Fair. Um, it's they're all going to be split formats like they used to be. So there'll be you know some number of lim- probably three limited rounds, like a draft each day or whatever, uh, for the pro tour, just like there used to be, and then whatever the other format is. But none of the championships are going to be limited, and I don't believe any of the uh, store-level events are going to be limited either. I don't think that was an option. Okay. The other thing is that there's no legacy anywhere. Yes. Unsurprising. Yeah. But not great. Bummer, man. as As I'm watching videos trying to figure out if I should spend $80 on mana bonds... (laughs) <laughs> with nowhere to play them yeah 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 sucks. like I, honestly i don't even know if there's going to be legacy side events at these things i mean those they started getting rid of them at um uh what's it called at the uh uh gps before right that was the those are the on-demand events events that most frequently didn't fire yeah but they still hit challenges the challenges always fired uh, not at the last couple that we went to. Really? Yeah. Like, they just had no legacy events, or they might have, like, one on the weekend. Man, so is legacy just a digital format now? Um, yeah, we want a win trade? Because that's, yeah. that's what we do no, that's in legacy a, now. Well, that's, that's what a we whole do in no- vintage. Whole nother episode, buddy. Yeah. But, now, if if, going back to our dream hack map... If our mm-hmm. dream, ha- if our, if there is the free Pele area, 
right? I could definitely see a situation where, like... People just post up with legacy decks and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah, right, because could you... You could definitely see a situation where, like, you know, an Anzid-type person yeah. is like, hey, um, like, we're running an event here or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's kind of going to be probably going to require you to, like, get into like the correct discord or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I mean, unless he can get hooked up with a store and like use event link somehow, but I mm -hmm. don't, I don't know how feasible that is either. Yeah. But just, you know, I think there is going to be, it's not going to be something that's going to die, mm -hmm. but it is very much a, a digital only format now. Yeah. Which is sad. So, so sad. Yeah. But I think there's a good chance that I'll be buying a ticket to DreamHack Atlanta. Yeah? Yeah, man. Like I'm excited know. for that. I'll have to like make sure I'm allowed to get out of the house with the small human. <laughs> make sure that... Well, make sure. I mean, I don't want you to be uncomfortable either. So you, uh, we'll see how the world is in a couple like, months. In Although I guess like if this one's already selling out, we might want to jump at Atlanta kind of. Well, that was my thought was, you know... Uh, when is Dallas? Did it say? Uh, June fifth, I think. Yeah, June uh, third or fifth. Yeah. So, yeah, I would rather. I don't know. I'd rather buy the ticket and then like change my mind. Yeah. Then like not buy the ticket and then want to go and then be like, oh, I'm boned. I can't. I can't go. Yeah. So. Right. So I would rather. I'd rather do that. Hey, and if I win this uh, award that I'm up for, I, I, I have money. I have DreamHack money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Buy myself a new TV and uh, then go to DreamHack. <laughs> Buy myself more magic cards for the event. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I will have to like, we'll have to figure out how to test Pioneer. Yeah. I mean, we I, can. I guess that's called Magic Online. Yeah. It Unfortunately, it's called Magic Online because they won't give it to us on Arena. Yeah, come on, guys. Uh, yeah. But I will say, uh, plug for Pioneer on Magic Online. It's dirt cheap. Is it? It is. So, like, um, now, within reason, there are some cards that are just, like, you know, $40 for some reason, like the, the Creature Lands from... Uh, stupid AFR, right? But, yeah. you know, uh, some of the decks that Saffron Olives played that aren't even, like, budget decks are, like, this is $25 on Magic Online. Wow. Yeah, like, they're, like, tier or close to tier decks are, like, super cheap. Hmm. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, so... I, I don't even know, like, I don't have any idea what the Pioneer metagame looks like. I have been so checked out of Pioneer. Uh... I check in every so often, but I couldn't tell you like right now what's going on. Yeah. But all right. If nothing else, we could go to DreamHack and uh, interact with a new batch of nerds. <laughs> More different nerds. More different nerds. Yeah. Uh, but so I think with all this, I think we have a show, right? We good. I think we have a show. So, it was kind of a weird show, but it was, it was, it was. a show. We we got hyped about DreamHack. Um, <laughs> yeah, was not expecting to go down that road. No, but if you um, 
uh, want to tell us, like, you know, where where at DreamHacky will meet us, uh, you can get us get at us on social media. Just check the the link below. Or the yeah, Discord's below. a good way to do that. There's a link for our Discord down in the description. So make sure you hop in there and check it out. Um, also, don't forget about our TCG Player affiliate link. Like we just mentioned, a lot of these Pioneer cards I'm expecting are going to uh, jump in price once people start focusing on the format. So if you're looking to get into Pioneer, uh, head on over to tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Sign in like normal, do your shopping, and you'll help support the show. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Sign up, chip in a couple bucks, and get put on our mailing list, get access to our pre-show, get access to our show notes. Um, maybe at some point we'll end up doing our tournaments and you'll have access to those as well. Might as well get in now, right? Yeah. Avoid the lines. Avoid the lines. They want, <laughs> they want those spots to sell out. Yeah. And uh, again, help support the show. We would really appreciate it. Um, our tournament this weekend, uh, tomorrow Saturday, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, if you're interested, put together a 60-card standard popper deck. Uh, head on over to Discord, sign up for MTG Melee, uh, shoot me your address, and we'll get you registered. I'm expecting it to be fun. So I'm hoping it goes smooth and successful and we can keep doing these things, maybe get a bunch of people involved and give away some swag. All right. I'm not exactly sure what the price for this one is, but I will send something to the winner. So you got worst, that to look forward to. Worst case is bragging rights, right? No, no. Worst case will be whatever's sitting on my desk here, but there'll be some cool swag. I promise. I mean, based on the pictures you sent earlier, it's a black Lotus. Yeah. Maybe everybody at uh, at home can see this. Yeah. A black Lotus. Probably not going to the winner of this tournament. Probably yeah. not. Probably not. <laughs> um, so with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. <laughs>